Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 6, Episode 2, Humanity. September 24th, 1990. It was directed by William Garrity, and it was written by Lincoln Kibbe. Lincoln? Lincoln Kibbe. This is his first of six episodes, hmm. and he will come back for the cameo fest that is Harry's Will, and the second Western episode, MacGyver's one. Why don't we discuss this episode in brief? Uh, in this episode, MacGyver is, has been captured by a uh, strict... I guess military uh, military group, and uh, is making his way with one of the soldiers. They're both injured, right? And they're both trying to. It's an enemy mine kind of situation, right? So they're both trying to help each other, so they keep each other from dying yeah. and getting to know each other. Is this Bulgaria? Uh, it's Romania. Romania, okay. Bucharest. Close. It just reminded me of the Every Time She Smiles episode. It would have been like if in that episode he had been stuck with uh, Kai Wolf the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what this is. Um, but yeah, so we start the episode. Uh, MacGyver is arriving at some important building with Pete. Yeah, yeah, they're arriving. And uh, as soon as they arrive, there's a person across the street who's radioing in and says, the Americans have arrived. Yeah. Uh, and we Within get Within like a minute, they're already like locked in the basement of this building. Yeah. Uh, and we see a, a group of uh, men who are heavily armed traveling through some sewage tunnels and stuff. Right. Uh, they're being led around the building by uh, Captain Ian Cuzo, mm-hmm. who is played by Larry D. Mann, who we had as Daniel Sims from The Heist. Yeah. <laughs> he got uh, killed by Vernon Wells in the cold open. Yeah. At least he lasts a lot longer in this yeah, episode. Yeah, a little bit more screen time this time. Uh, yeah, they're led down to the lower building, uh, lower uh, levels beneath the building, uh, where they have like, because well, it apparently used to be a bunker, right? Uh, for the uh, the previous dictator who was in charge of Romania, uh, messes up. It's supposed up. to be like nuke proof down here too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and his name was Ceausescu, Ceausescu, yeah, who was uh, the the previous dictator. Um, yeah, so he had all his records and all his, like, documents back there, down there. Huge safe. Uh, and they, the reason that the Phoenix Foundation is involved is that, as well as other nations, is that they believed that he had sent out spies, uh, to infiltrate other countries and who still might be operational and loyal to his cause. Right. Uh. So they're trying to out all the spies. Mm Mm-hmm. Put a burn notice out. So, uh. The, as they they enter the room of the the records room, uh, this is Where's when the records room. <laughs> Where's the records room? Doctor Rosen Rosen. Doctor Rosen Rosen. Doctor Rosen Penis. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you say your name was? Doctor Rosen. Where's the records room? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's flash everybody. <laughs> I like it when he goes to he gets in like the stairs or something, and she's like, "You can take the elevator." And he's like, "Oh, okay." And he's just. Continues closing the door yeah, to the yeah. stairwell. Uh, so the uh, the armed men make their way through uh, a series of vents and underground tunnels and burst in uh, to the records room, like from behind a bookshelf. Right. I assume since they were with this previous dictator that they are aware of the tunnel system. Right. Because uh, 
uh, Captain Kuzo mentions that, that there were escape tunnels, but they've all been sealed. Right. And uh, one of these men, they're called K-Men in mm-hmm. the episode. Um, the actor's name is uh, Andrew Cavadas, who played Dave in Ma Dalton. He also does a lot of voice work and was the voice of Simon Belmont on uh, Captain and the Game. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, Pete and MacGyver are meeting with the uh, the other delegates from other countries as the villain bursts in with his men, Major Crick, uh, and uh, which I imagine that's what the K-Force, Yeah. yeah the yeah. K and K-Force comes from Crick. Crick. Uh, and what I love about this guy is he does not waste any time explaining his motives yeah. or anything like he he just sets a bomb says you're all going to die and then, and then closes the door yeah. i it. was like that's what you should do yeah that's how you villain yeah uh uh and so there's a safe door but no one knows the combination uh um and the bomb that's in there is a is a thermite explosion right. bomb so not it's only will be like 500 degrees when it goes off well, more like five thousand. Five thousand. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna just incinerate everything in that room, including the people. Yeah. Um. So, uh, MacGyver starts ripping off like the the intercom system and uh, taking a telephone apart, and use it as a microphone against the safe. Yeah. So he yeah he starts turning the tumblers uh, of the lock until he gets a a couple of hits. And just before the bomb explodes, he tosses it in there, but doesn't have enough time to close the door, so it still like knocks yeah, him he's, back. He's still closing it when it explodes, so it throws him across the room. It's like pretty, he gets hit with the door pretty hard. Yeah, um, but the the other people are quick to like seal off the the room and the, with the, the the safe, close it up behind him yeah. so that the smoke and stuff. But whatever's in that room is certainly gone. Yeah, I think this room is all information, and that room was all like priceless artifacts and jewels. Yeah, <laughs> it's all melted. Yeah. Um, so there's still one soldier, uh, remaining outside. So MacGyver puts one of those, it's like one of those really old fashioned, huge filing cabinets, like right. solid wood. He puts it up onto a dolly and just uses it at a battering ram out the door. But the soldier manages to turn and shoot MacGyver through the shoulder, uh, while, while MacGyver still kind of like charging at him with the filing cabinet. Yeah. So he takes MacGyver hostage and they head down the tunnel and then blow up the tunnel behind them. Yeah. So it's a really seriously crazy opening to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. MacGyver's been shot and taken hostage. Uh, bombs going off. Evil soldiers. Everything, everything's happening here. Um, and when we see the, the delegates from the other countries, the French delegate is um, – the actor's name is Serge Houd. But he was Mr. Giordano's lawyer from uh, okay. Battle for Tommy Giordano. He, he also is one of the board members in an upcoming movie called Nine Lives. Huh. Have, you, have you seen the posters or trailer for that? Oh, is that the Kevin Spacey? Kevin Spacey as a cat. I thought that that was a joke. I still think it's a joke. The tagline is, a stuffy businessman finds himself trapped inside the body of his family's cat. That's the tagline for the movie. <laughs> I mean, not the tagline, but the synopsis. Yeah. But it's like, that can't be a real movie. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Kevin Spacey. We'll put the trailer in the show notes. I, I hope that he got a huge paycheck. Yeah. It's, what What is the, um like, um, David Dakota... Uh, the talking cat? Yeah. A, a talking uh, cat, a talking question ca- mark? 
a talking cat? Oh my gosh, a talking cat. Is it Eric Roberts that does the voice yeah, of the Eric cat? Roberts. That's like and the whole he, budget. And he's perpetually drunk. He's slurring his he really? speech as he's talking. Oh my god, I need to see it. I've never seen it. Um, you you don't need to see it. Just no, watch. I need to see it. <laughs> if people who are listening, don't watch it. Watch John Tron. Uh, he does a complete review of the movie, and it's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, a talking cat? We'll put a, a link to that in the show notes, too. And, and the thing is, they can only talk to one person once, and they can never talk to them again. <laughs> Wait, to each person once or to one person once? To each person once. And then this, the rule is that he can only say one thing to each person. Yeah, I mean, he can have a conversation with them, but once it's done, he yeah. can't talk to them anymore. What if, like, one of them was as trivial as, like, God bless you? Like, that's all I can say. Yeah, I, I, I don't know all the rules for a talking cat question mark. Well, we better look into it if we plan on rebooting that franchise. <laughs> <laughs> I want to, like, make a bunch of, like, sequels, like, Airbud, like, was, like, a talking dog, a talking hamster, yeah. but then do a talking parrot. Oh, yeah. wait. <laughs> yeah, this is already a thing. <laughs> it's called Polly. Um, That's such a good movie. Uh, so MacGyver now taken hostage uh, by the K soldier. Our, he's pretty much going to kill MacGyver, but MacGyver's like, wait, no, I could be useful maybe. Yeah, uh, this is his go-to. Like, I don't have a good reason for you to not kill me. Mm-hmm. So they make their way out of the tunnels, and I guess these tun- they've been walking for like, 40 miles through these tunnels because they're all of a sudden out of the city and in the countryside. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so they steal a car and they only get like a short distance before they like, they go down like a small country road and one of the tires explodes. Yeah. And I'm not sure what happens here. Um, MacGyver goes to check the trunk and he says that there's no spare, but then the soldier looks in there's an insert shot of what he's seeing, which still doesn't look like a tire, and then the soldier pulls a gun on MacGyver. I was like, was there a tire? I, I didn't I, see one. I didn't see one. Like, why did? Why was it necessary to have his perspective on the insert shot of what was in the car? Uh, uh, I, I didn't understand what was happening there. Um so the soldier starts to shoot at him, and Mac runs and hides behind a tree. Yeah. Um, and and then comes out with He's his like, hands. Look how crazy I am! I'm coming out. I trust you. It's like why I was shooting at you a second ago. Yeah, I'm I'm counting on your sense of fair play, basically. But I was just shooting at you, yep. and you're unarmed. So while MacGyver tries to talk his way out of this, he says, "Oh, uh, by the way, there's, there's a, a snake there's you. a snake behind you. I'm not." I'm not trying to trick you. There's really a snake behind you. And then the snake just bites him. Like Yeah, there actually is a snake and it yeah. bites the guy. But I don't think a snake would just bite sidle up and bite you. It would if there was like a, a animal control guy right there telling him to bite the guy for Yeah, no. I guess I guess so. Not in the wild though probably. Um so M- Max starts to run and the soldier tries to chase him but then eventually succumbs to the uh the poison of the uh, spider right. uh, snake. Sorry. Spider snake. Spider snake. It's a spider snake. It's a snake with snake with eight legs versus Ugh, zero. No legs. <laughs> That's creepy. Uh, I don't know what MacGyver does here, 
but he takes a piece of rubber tubing and shoves it in the guy's leg. Yeah. I thought he was going to suck the poison out. Yeah. But he just shoves it in there and sighs. Yeah. I was like, was was he trying to bleed him out? I don't know. Like uh, he's a Tropicana orange. Yeah. Like I don't know exactly what your what your intention is here, MacGyver. Uh, We're gonna have to open this valve every fifteen minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, Pete and uh, Captain Kuzo are back at the police station, and apparently Crick has broadcast a message about his the success of his bombing campaign. Right. Um, killing all the delegates and destroying all the records. So Kuzco, uh, Kuzco, I can't want to say Kuzco. Kuzo is basically of the mind that once he figures out that he failed, he's going to be really upset, yeah. and he's probably going to take it out on the nearest hostage he can get his yeah, hands yeah, yeah. on, which at this point is MacGyver. So uh, MacGyver and the uh, wounded soldier uh, are kind of like laying down. The soldier starts to come to, and MacGyver offers him some water and polite conversation. Yeah. Uh, So he's trying to appeal to the soldier's uh, heart and even says, if you have one. Yeah. Meanwhile, another soldier arrives at uh, the command post where Crick is. It, which is like in a barn, underneath the barn, through a series of tunnels, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, gets the report that uh, the soldier Victor. Uh, this is the first time we learn his name, but MacGyver has not yet learned it. Um, took an American hostage, and I assume at this point they also know that the bombing failed, right? Because uh, why else would the guy take a hostage? If they knew that, if they knew that he has a hostage, then they know there's at least a survivor. Yeah. Uh, but so he wants MacGyver brought back in alive. Yeah. Uh, so as Mac is talking to Victor, uh, he thinks Victor thinks that MacGyver's doing this for information, money, or glory. So he's tightening up, not yeah. revealing anything. Um, and uh, Victor tells him a little bit that that he spent his entire life from childhood training to be a soldier. Right. And that's when also he tells him his name, Victor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they decide to head for the highway together. Uh, I don't know why Victor is choosing to help him at this point. Yeah. But Victor has decided that, all right, this guy is a little weird, but I'll help him out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, as they, uh, take a little bit of a break, MacGyver pulls out a fishing rod, which makes Victor freak out a little bit. Yeah. Cause he has like a flashback. Mm-hmm. Do we do we cut into the flashback here? Uh, not yet. Not until he explains how how it happened. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so they take a rest, and MacGyver says that they he's going to take a rest. They book a rest. Romania. Uh, and uh, MacGyver says he's going to take a little nap. And Victor's all, "I could kill you in in your sleep." <laughs> and MacGyver's like, oh, "I'm just well, going to have to risk it." Yeah, I was like, you know, I figured that if I do something nice for you. You'll do something nice for me. Something nice for me would be not killing me in my yeah. sleep. <laughs> and then he goes to sleep, and then he kind of wakes up for a second and grabs a giant rock. Yeah, he grabs a rock and, like, tucks it close to his chest. Yeah. So it's like, if I suddenly get attacked in the night, I'm going to swing this as hard as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, so Victor uh, has a bad dream about Crick yelling at him. And uh, when he wakes up, he just... Walks away from MacGyver a few feet and then starts 
prodding his wrists with a the tip of a knife. Yeah. Yeah, at the end of the dream, like, Crick stabs a knife into a table in front of Victor mm-hmm. and another little boy. Uh, Victor tells MacGyver that he doesn't want to be t- captured alive. Right. And so he's going to slit his wrists. Uh, You'd rather be captured dead? Yeah. But, but Max trying to convince him, and Victor's like, look, one of us has to die. If my men come and find us, you're going to die. If your men come and find us, I'm going to die. Yeah. So best to get this done now. Yeah. Uh, but MacGyver is trying to say, look, you, you're, you're away from your unit. You're away from everybody. Now's your chance. If you don't like this life, that you can get away. Yeah. Uh, so Victor considers his words and says, I'll take you as far as the highway. And then from there, I'll decide whether or not I choose to return to my own men or abandon it. Right. Uh, but it seems like he's been working with Crick since like early childhood. Yeah, yeah. So he's got much more of a connection. Well, whether it's favorable or not, it's a connection. Yeah. Uh, Victor finally tells MacGyver about why the fishing pole made him upset. And that was when he was 11. Uh, him and a good friend. Yeah, they, and they were forbidden to have friends. Right. They, um, they ditched and went fishing for a day. Yeah, and, the, and when they were caught... Uh, in order to prove their loyalty, they had to duel to the death. Yeah. Um, I thought this was going to go... Um, <laughs> well, no, I thought what I thought this was going to be a more serious note, and I guess they... I don't think that they've covered that at this point. It's, it's still too early. It's the 90s. But I thought that this was going to be like a homoerotic thing, like that... Oh, they had a relationship? They had a relationship. It wasn't... Maybe that was because we never see them fishing. Right? <laughs> uh, Maybe it was written that way at some point, and then yeah, they like, like, I, retrofit it. I thought that this was gonna like be just like more than a friendship, and and that's why it was like one of you has to die. Yeah, okay. Uh, because that's even worse. Sure. Uh, but it doesn't seem to have gone that way. Uh, and uh, so you know, Victor obviously won the fight. Yeah. And MacGyver tries to tell him that there was, you know, there was nothing you could do. And but, and he says, well, I could have lost. I could have lost. And that that kind of makes me think that his friend purposely lost. Yeah, it kind of makes me like they never show any of the fight. So yeah, the, the you can almost just assume that the friend didn't even fight. That yeah, it's just Victor went up and said like, "Fight me," and he's like, "I'm not going to fight you." Mm-hmm. And then he just had to stab his friend and kill him. Yeah. Uh. Meanwhile, well, I wish we got to see these eight-year-olds murder each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can always... Not enough know, eight-year-old murders on this We can always watch Battle Royale. Yeah, that's true. Which is an excellent film, and you should watch that instead of The Hunger Games. You know what that means. I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> that's my favorite joke in that movie. Like, the subtitles keep saying, you know what that means. <laughs> and then Shuya Nanahara, like, runs out of the lighthouse, and he's like, I don't know what any of this means. <laughs> Like he's arguing with the subtitles. Uh, Pete and uh, Captain Kuzo uh, start like an aerial search in a helicopter, and uh, uh, Mac thinks that we see, they see the helicopter and, and he realizes that it must be Pete, uh, and they start trying to head towards it, like trying to follow its path. Uh, but that's when Major Crick catches up to them all. Yeah. And so he orders Victor to stop MacGyver by 
then just keeps ordering it and ordering it. And you think Victor's trying to resist it. Yeah. But finally, Victor just full on just punches Knocks MacGyver. Him hard and he goes face first into some mud. Yeah. And then it's like a hard cut to him waking up in a cell. Yeah. See, but at this point, I was like on Victor's side. Like, uh, if they try to run, they're going to get gunned down. Yeah. If, if, if I let you get away or if I pretend that I'm on your team, like, they're going to kill me. Yeah. So. The only way to save us both. Scenario, yeah, I can knock you out, and then we're gonna put you in a cell. That's yeah. the only way I can buy you time. Uh, Crick uh, takes a picture of MacGyver in the cell uh, uh, for his collection, I guess, or just to send out. Yeah, he's doing Christmas he, card. <laughs> he's doing a Murdoch here. Happy holidays from Bucharest. Uh, and he's gonna prepare for uh, MacGyver's execution. Right. But see, then this Which was is going to be some special execution. Yeah, um, and this is where Victor basically just reveals that it wasn't part of his plan. He just says, "I was just following orders." Yeah, I, I was gonna. If he told me to kill you, I would. Yeah, I, the line though, he's like, he's like, "I did what I was told," and then MacGyver's like, well, "Congratulations." Yeah, <laughs> good for you. <laughs> Doesn't get you any points in my book. Uh, Crick then has a one-on-one conversation with Victor, and basically just wants to know what happened between you and MacGyver while you were out there. And Victor is saying, well, he, you guys didn't go fishing. You? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Victor says that MacGyver saved his life, but Crick is definitely questioning his loyalty. Right. Uh, and he basically is saying that this is where you belong and I'm the one you follow orders from. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver starts uh, trying to pick the lock to his cell. Like he takes a, like that industrial like kind of grating off of the lights. Yeah. And uh, just basically is just jamming into the lock. Yeah. But that's, that's when, all it takes. Yeah. Learned. Uh, but but before he can finish, someone starts approaching and they and sees what he's doing and says holds out a hand a set of keys. Is this why don't you try these? And it's Victor, of course. Right. Um. Victor, like, much more suspicious if it was Crick. Yeah, it's like, why don't you try one of these, MacGyver? They're delicious. Letting me go. Uh, Victor gives MacGyver back all his gear, and uh, and uh, shows him how to get back to the car. Well, he just Victor distracts the outside sentry uh, by just showing him his gun. Yeah, and I'm like, well, this is stupid. <laughs> I was like, why is this guy so impressed by this guy's gun? Yeah, uh, but like, oh, I know why. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, MacGyver's able to uh, slip away, and he gets to the uh, abandoned car, the one that had the tire that got blown out. He breaks off the exhaust pipe and uh, lights a gas rag and makes basically makes a makeshift flare gun. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Pete and uh, uh, Doctor Cuzo, Captain, yeah, Captain Cuzo, Captain Cuzo are um, approaching. Yeah, they they see the flare uh, in a helicopter, right? Yeah, they're in a helicopter. They see the flare, and uh, even Victor now is, has moved out and is kind of watching MacGyver from afar. Uh, and uh, so, as the helicopter starts to land. Victor heads back and actually rejoins with Crick, and this whole thing has been a setup. Right. Uh, so they all meet the helicopter when it lands mm-hmm. in this field. And uh, so the men swoop down, capture Pete, who's uh, 
they give MacGyver the chance to leave with the pilot, but he says, no, I'm not going to leave my friend here. Yeah. So they say, okay, fine, then we're taking the pilot too. Yeah, they take everybody. And they're being uh, marched through the woods. And Pete knows that MacGyver's got a plan. Right. MacGyver always has a plan. Uh, so he starts asking uh, MacGyver what the plan is, and MacGyver just says, just be ready for it. Yeah. Um, so Pete even gives a signal to Captain Kuzo. Uh, like, Which is, this is the, the, as much prompting as MacGyver ever gives anyone about it. Yeah. It's like, when I say go, you need to be ready. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you, ready for what? What are you talking about? Which way do I go when it's ready? It's in Gauntlet. <laughs> She's just like, what do I do? What do I do when you say go? <laughs> <laughs> just be ready. What does that mean? Was it in, uh, the other guys when <laughs> he's like ready go and mark Wahlberg starts taking out guys but then it get, Wolfeller doesn't do anything yeah <laughs> and, and but so mark Wahlberg gets knocked out he's like what didn't you do anything i didn't know what go meant and then steve coogan's all i knew what he meant <laughs> <laughs> uh funny little moment uh so uh Victor then sidles up to MacGyver, also realizing that MacGyver probably has a plan at this point. And Victor's Victor's so back and forth at in first this episode. He's like trying to apologize. He's like, "Look, I tried to give you a way out." Yeah. Um, but then Victor says, "Listen, I'll give you another chance. I'll distract everybody with this grenade." Yeah. Uh, and MacGyver's like, "No, as usual, you're. It's too much." Yeah. I mean, uh, I've used grenades as a distraction before, but. Don't, yeah. Don't you do it. In fact, I use grenades as a grenade. Yep. <laughs> Distraction grenade. Kaboom. <laughs> Throws it at a guy's feet. Uh, so uh, MacGyver takes some uh, extra line out of the fishing reel and then just tosses it. So when he pulls on it, the reel goes, yeah. <laughs> which distracts the two other guards, allowing him and Victor to punch them out. Uh, and so from here, Crick now just starts opening fire on people. Yeah, immediately. Hits Kuzo in the leg and takes him down. So uh, Victor returns fire, giving them like a defensive cover. Right. So, uh, you know, MacGyver helps Pete carry Kuzo and the pilot. They, they make their run for back for the chopper. But uh, MacGyver heads back to, to help Victor. To help Victor. But uh, Victor now runs out of ammunition and Crick just casually steps out of from behind the trees and yeah. just one shot. Just shoots him right in the chest. Yeah. So Victor goes down and Crick walks over to inspect the body and he pulls a friggin' Leon the professional on yep. him, grabs Crick and just lets the grenade you see the handle go ping yeah. fly off and Crick's trying to pull away. And MacGyver arrives just in time to watch them blow up. Yeah. It's probably one of the more grotesque deaths that we've had on this yeah, show. Well, yeah, second most. Well, what was sure. what was the first? I still think Booker's is the worst. Oh. But we didn't see Booker's. We we right. just the implication yeah. but the implication of Booker's death was so horrific. Yeah, yeah. Um and the body, the discovery of the body of Booker. Right, yeah. But this yeah, this is grenade suicide. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, MacGyver just closes his eyes when it happens. Um, after he knows that this should have happened when him and his friend were kids, like 
here's a knife, here's a knife, you guys fight to the death. They yeah. should have killed Crick then. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the two kids should have teamed up on him. That's what you do. Yeah. If you ever find yourself in that situation, there's there's the way out. Murder. Uh, murder. <laughs> no, don't don't follow my advice. Uh, the uh, Act 5 roundup, Kuzo and Mac are both being treated uh, by local medics. They, they've they're still out in the woods. Yeah. Like, they didn't fly the chopper back for some reason. But MacGyver's just kind of leaning on the back of an ambulance because he's mm-hmm. pretty much okay. Uh, uh, Kuzo, uh, you know, said that, you know, he'll live. And MacGyver wants to know what's going to happen to the rest of the soldiers. Right. Uh, but Kuzo says he's going to... Bomb them all. Well, I mean, that's... like, that's what MacGyver's worried about. But, yeah. Kuz- but Kuzo is like... We're gonna see if we can rehabilitate them. If you were able to get to one of them, yeah, then maybe there's a chance for the rest of them too. Uh, and uh, uh, the the medics come by carrying what I'm assuming is what's all, left of Victor's body. Just the leg, I'm yeah. assuming. It's just the leg, and it's not even on the on the gurney. Yeah, the leg is dangling off the gurney, and Max says, "Hold on a second and lifts the leg back up onto it. Because I just wanted it to fall off when he moved. Yeah, it, it was just like, oh, because he was clutching the grenade to his chest, so there's nothing. He might have a head, and then the legs. Yeah. But his torso is gone. Yeah. Um, and uh, much like the end of passages, Pete and MacGyver have like this kind of moment just to a talk about. Face, yeah. Uh, they have a moment to talk about like reaching you you were able to reach his humanity and he was able to discover it even even though it cost him his life yeah uh so it and we end there yeah we end there like uh that uh man it was it's an interesting episode it's like a it, it, i you know i early on i compared it to enemy mine yeah. uh in the in the sense that it's just two people against each other trying to survive yeah and eventually they reach a rapport with each other uh, and become friends. Yeah. But this is a, a really dark – I mean, as dark as Enemy Mine was, it's sci-fi. See, so it's like yeah, a yeah, little yeah. lighter. This is like a much more serious – This is like Alien Nation dark. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it was good. It was certainly a different kind of MacGyver episode uh, because, I mean – more in line, I guess, with the Nazis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Nazi-style episode. Yeah. But uh, very, very harsh. Yeah, but it's, it's dark, but it, the story makes sense. There's not, like, bizarre logic. No, no, anything. no. It's all... I mean, it's just these true believers uh, still worshipping their dictator, even though he's been... They said he... They didn't say he died. They just said his capture. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's still incarcerated, or maybe is dead by now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know these soldiers are all like trying to continue his mission of what I'm assuming is slaughtering people. Yeah. Also, I do find it weird though, like, and this is not to belittle the nation of Romania. Yeah. But it seems like, like, Romania having internet an international spy network. It, yeah. It just doesn't seem like, like. Well, what do you think vampires are? Transylvanians. Yeah, it's yeah, all it's Romania. Based on Romania. Yeah, it's Romania. Uh, like, is that where Vlad was from? Romania. Yeah, yeah, Vlad Tepish. Uh, it it just seemed weird. Like, it it'd be like uh, like uh, uh, I don't know, Andorra 
having like an international spy yeah, network. Yeah. It's like, really, what, what, why would this dictator? Because or or North Korea, like if North Korea had this really embedded international spy network. Yeah. It's like, well, from what I understand, they do. Yeah. The reports I've read from North Korean uh, military yeah. writers. It, it just seems really like bizarre. Like what benefit would it really give them? Cause if you have a dictatorship, you're already in charge. Yeah. You have no need to have a spy network outside of your country. Yeah. Your spy network is inside of your country. And maybe that is what they were looking for, but why would they then have, it was inter- probably a spy network of like, 15 guys. Yeah. So it works for this one division. But the fact that they brought in all these international delegates made me think it was like some larger conspiracy. It actually reminded me of that Archer episode where there are prisoners on that, like at the Island nation that has like a highlight team. Oh, Oh, well that was the pirate, the pirate colony that they were. Yeah. On. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. It reminded me of that pirate colony though. And the prison even kind of looks like that. Prison. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Such a great episode. It's a really funny one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I like this episode. It's good. Yeah. Um, I think that's about it for this yeah. one. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts you'd like to share with us, you can find us on Twitter at Opening Gambit. You can find us at Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast or our website, PhoenixFoundationPodcast.com. And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Tune in next week. We're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 3, The Gun. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.